1: You're listening to Dynasty's Child. Oh, we're not recording. We are recording.
2: Oh, well. Hosted by Keaton DeRosher.
1: The field of dreams and the corn would be my chest hair.
0: Featuring Shelly Trade.
3: Bobby likes bouncy balls, doesn't he?
0: And featuring
4: Jordan Rosenbloom. 30% more fish than I, I would have projected. And sometimes Jake wears t shirts. Let me slow your roll here. This is the Dynasty Guru.
1: Welcome back to Dynasty's Child, episode 105, your flagship fantasy baseball podcast for the Dynasty Guru with a focus on Dynasty formats. I'm your host, Keaton Rocher, I'm a writer over at TDG, and today, everybody is back together. Yay. We got Shelly. She's back, obviously from TDG, from Pitcher's List, Rotographs, Prospects 365, and Jordan is back from vacation. Good to have Jordan back. Happy to be back. Welcome back, buddy. Welcome back. Thanks, guys. Um, Thanks for taking my
4: question last time also.
1: I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, of course. I mean, we had it last because we didn't know if we were going to have to cut it for time reasons. So, uh, glad we got to it.
4: Yeah, I realized
1: that I I was somewhat lucky, somewhat fortunate. (laughs) It's a a tough list to crack, our listener questions list. So, you you should feel pretty special. (laughs) Uh, Shelly, were you able to eventually... Track down your cranberries.
3: Yes. The uh, the great uh, cranberry hunt is over. Um, so it, t- it took me two more stores before I found those stupid little berries. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I was able to do my cake. And this one was kind of one that I had been tinkering around in my head, flavor profile-wise. So it was a gingerbread cake. And then it had a cranberry uh, filling. And then a vanilla curry buttercream. And it was a big hit. So, yeah. I just hope people at work aren't scared off by the curry buttercream because it sounds really weird. But you just
1: have to try it. It's delicious. It does sound really weird. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Well, Jordan, do you have a an interesting Finland thing for us? I mean, I know you were on vacation, so do, or do you have an interesting vacation thing for us?
4: Um, I guess sometimes the vacation, uh, highlights the contrast of my, my life in Finland versus the U S so sure. Um, but my, my brother and my sister were both complaining how they, uh, emailed their professors at some point in their lives. And, and they said like, hi, Kim, hi, rich. Um, and the professors both responded, uh, like, um, you, you should say, uh, "Dear Mr. Professor" or some whatever. "Dear Mr. <laughs> Professor, sir." Um, so I, I shared that with my my Finnish professors, and because uh, I had a feeling that they would think that was kind of ridiculous, and they they did think it was like really odd. Because um, I guess it's very casual. Um, my 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 supervisor is always trying to get me to like drink with him, for example um and he's certainly okay <laughs> with me just calling him by his first name. Uh so so it's kind of interesting cultural difference. I, I think a lot of a lot of professors in the US probably don't care, but but uh some some do, I suppose.
1: <clears throat> well, I think I'm going to just start calling you Professor Rosenblum now. <laughs> or Dear Mr. Professor Rosa Bloom.
4: Dear Mr. Professor is uh, Mr. Manager. Yeah, that's I prefer that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, today, we have a little bit of news to get to, and we will continue our positional series breakdown with third base, uh, which thankfully is a lot better than second base. So we have some fun stuff to talk about. Then we got some listener cues and then um actually before the listener cues Jordan has a stats only pitchers ranking list that we can talk about that is interesting and then we'll get to listener cues ooh ah <laughs> <laughs> in awe of his own list He's just trying to get the hype get the hype started yeah uh, some maintenance and reminders before we dive on in. Uh, if you have any questions for us, you can submit those on Twitter at Dynasty's Child or email Dynasty's Child Pod at gmail.com. And please, if you wouldn't mind, leaving us a five star rating and a review. That'd be great. We got one review since the last time we recorded. Uh, Kevin Mattern <clears throat> says, A really good listen. I thought the podcast was really good. You both have clear and good voices. Also, uh, well, hey, look at that. We got, a, we got a comment on the quality. Good nice. stuff.
4: Shocking.
1: Also, what was good is that you didn't take too long uh, for you two to get started with the rankings. Some other podcasts I try to listen to have like 10 to 15 minutes of personal fluff going on so I lose interest. I like how you guys threw out your favorite not-ranked prospects such as Bracho. Really good stuff. If I may say... I have this feeling that Madrigal is going to be a really good fantasy player, especially OPP, runs, steals, total base, leagues. And if he taps into 10 to 15 home runs, 65 RBI from a leadoff spot, he would be a stud. Isn't his major league park a hitter's park? Good show. Well, thank you for the review and also your your question. Um, I actually don't know if... uh, stupid guaranteed rate field is a hitter's park or not. But uh, it's certainly not a pitcher's park. I'm looking now. Yeah. I don't I, know where I, it is in the
4: It's kind of middle of the road, right? Yeah, I didn't know off the top of my head either. But uh looks like Fangraph's park factors have it uh, basically average neutral. Um, like they have it 98 or 2% below average for run scoring. But, I
1: mean, pretty much neutral anyway. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump into some news. Um, Some signing, trades, transactions, or non-transactions. One big free agent remains, Yasiel Puig. Well, Jordan, that's very disrespectful to Wilmer Flores and Brian Dozier. Oh, you're right. (laughs) MLB trade rumors (laughs) predicted the Tigers would sign him. Speculated also on Cleveland, San Francisco, Texas, Baltimore, Colorado, or even Boston if they move bets. What makes sense? Uh, George, why don't you kick us off? Welcome back. Um, thanks.
4: Uh, I um, well, I think anytime you see Colorado men- mentioned, it, it's it's quite exciting. I do think uh, all these teams have pretty massive holes in um, in the outfield, and Cleveland um, Cleveland kind of makes sense too. Just after. Uh, since they had him in the second half last year. Um, I'm not sure if these rebuilding teams are aggressive enough, but the Tigers have made some aggressive kind of moves to fill out their roster, like uh, with Scope and um, with Kron. So I could see the Tigers, and I think I would go uh, yeah, the Tigers as my second option. I think Texas still perhaps makes the most sense after they seem dead set on uh, Azuna or Castellanos. And that seemed almost written in stone, at least in my brain, which doesn't actually mean it's not actually correlated <laughs> to real world uh, event happenings that much. But um, I think, yeah, maybe, maybe they'll try to make up for it uh, and go with, go with Puig. I think Puig is actually kind of underrated at this point.
3: Um, I, I, I think Puig's also underrated. Um, he could be kind of um, a little goofball. Uh, Sometimes he makes some boneheaded mistakes, but I mean, who who doesn't do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, but yeah, I I agree uh, with Jordan. Um, I I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Texas or Cleveland. Um, Those just kind of feel basically because Cleveland needs it and Texas has been doing some things Um, with the other teams. I mean, what has Colorado done other than give um, a story? Uh, kind of lock up his arbitration stuff and then really, really, really piss off Nolan Ambranado. I mean, <laughs> other than that, I don't think they've done anything. And then Baltimore, I don't think he's done anything either. So, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd put him in Texas. I think he's going to be Texan. Or Dad, major, I suppose.
1: I'm going to go out on a limb and say San Francisco. <clears throat> because it seems as if San Francisco has been in the hunt for a uh, an outfielder for like a decade, <laughs> they're in on Stanton, didn't get him. They're in on Harper, didn't get him. They're in on Ozuna, didn't get him. Um, I'm not exactly sure if he fits where the team is because I don't think the teams very good, and he probably is good enough to play for someone who's contending. But hey, they can sign him and then trade him at the deadline if they would like. Uh, but it's just uh, just because they've been after an outfielder for a while, I'm going to say he'll end up in San Francisco, which I'm not entirely sure how much sense that makes. But uh, I like to be different sometimes, so <laughs> we'll roll with that. <clears throat> then, uh, really kind of the big buzz f- in the, the baseball world from last week, uh, looks like we are a lot closer to bets being traded, probably to... The Dodgers or San Diego. Uh, San Diego package discussed involved uh, Josh Naylor or Manny Margot plus Joey Lucchese, or Cal Quantrill. Uh, that's kind of yuck
3: <makes noise> as a whole.
1: And the Dodgers' package centerpiece was uh, May for Dugo, maybe a little bit of Jeter Downs. So, um, where where's your speculation at, Shelley?
3: Um, I I'm really thinking um it's gonna be the Dodgers, cause that's kind of what we've been hearing here recently. San Diego's been kind of quiet. Um, I'm kind of thinking that uh, Boston is not really enamored with the the package that San Diego is willing to give up. I think that they are probably looking for a little bit more of their uh, uh, better players than these guys here and um, if the Red Sox are able to get May and Verdugo and possibly Downs um, I think that would be okay um, kind of wondering yeah. if maybe Boston's trying to get uh, LA to take David Price and for that contract maybe that's kind of slowing things up I don't know um, but I don't know it, I think it's going to happen at some point very soon
1: Jordan, how about you?
2: Um,
4: yeah, yeah. I think it's it's pretty exciting to think about. Uh, I think I think May, Verdugo, and Bounce is probably too much for one year if that's. I mean, uh, Verdugo and, and and May should be like two win players, um, like for the duration uh, for their throughout their arbitration years. Um, so it's hard to it's hard to make up. Uh, for that, with one one year of one player, even though it's one of the best players in baseball, but I think um, so. Yeah, I don't think they get all three. in. But if they if they take a if they take big salary like Price also, then maybe they can get all three. Um, and the Dodgers have other interesting guys. I don't know if the Red Sox are that analytically uh, advanced um, or not. Um, but but they have like like guys like Miguel Vargas who I want to talk about later that could maybe sweeten sweeten the deal. Um, I think I think the, the Dodgers have a lot of guys like that, so I can see either May at least one or May or Verdugo, and then uh, maybe at least at least two or three of those dudes. And I think I think that would do it.
1: Well, as we're recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, I'm expecting it to happen today just so the front office can bury it in the Super Bowl and hope people don't notice that they traded Mookie. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we'll have some resolution soon, unfortunately, which, I mean, I guess at this point, I just want it to end. So however it is going to end, I just want it to happen already. So I think I'm begging more for that to happen than I am for the Red Sox to even keep Mookie at this point. I just want to stop talking about it. Yep. We'll see. Denver Post reports Arenado is highly unlikely to be moved before spring training, so great job, Rockies, on pissing off your franchise cornerstone and then not doing anything about it. Uh, Feel free to bump him back up your dynasty rankings, though, as he's going to stay in cores at least to start the season, but the article also states that the Rockies are going to be more aggressive in chopping him. If they get off to a slow start, which to me does not make any sense. Why not move him now? But that's just me.
3: Yeah, the the Rockies are so bad. Like are are they the now the worst run franchise? Or am I missing someone completely obvious?
1: I think we let's I mean the Marlins immediately come to mind.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well I've liked some of the stuff that they've done.
1: Yeah. I guess before this off season, yeah, um, like yeah. the the VR thing was great. Yeah.
3: Oh uh, yeah, I have I have no idea um, what the Rockies are doing, and I like how they say if they get off to a slow start because that's kind of laughable. I think it's when they get <laughs> off to a slow start. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, the Mets.
1: They, they yeah. struggle sometimes.
3: Oh yeah, the Mets. Yeah, they. <laughs> oh, the poor Mets. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I have um. I have no idea what they're doing here. Um, and I, I'm glad that I'm not hearing too much talk, um, about Arenado being like, like much worse if he moves from Colorado. Cause I really, honestly, I don't think that he's would be that much worse, but, uh, yeah. So, uh. What do you guys think? Does does he move this year, or will the Rockies mess this up and not move him?
1: I think they will probably mess it up. Um, <clears throat> and I think they'll probably end up like trading him at the deadline for something that um, doesn't seem like fair value. Just uh, because they waited. And they know that Arenado now doesn't really want to be there. So they've kind of lost all their leverage on that. But uh, if the, the safe bet seems like they're They'll mess it up, but I wouldn't be. I kind of. I'm, I'm with you. If he ends up like in St. Louis or really anywhere else, um, he's still a really good baseball player. I don't think that it would really. And I mean, thankfully, we're talking about third base today. But I don't think if like he gets traded to St. Louis tomorrow, I would bump him down anywhere on my rankings. I still think I would keep him where he's at because he's a really good player.
4: Yeah, but you you yep. got to ding him. I think mean, you have to ding him a little bit just because Colorado, like the reality of, of the field, like uh, for example, WRC plus adjusts for part. It's a park neutral figure. So if you just look at Woba, um, which is not park neutral, Arenado like the 10th best hitter, for example, on steamer. But then if you sort, but sort by WRC plus instead, which is park neutral, then he drops like 30th best. I mean, he's really good either way, but, but there'll be, there'll at least be some of somewhat of a hit. And, uh, and I've looked at the free agents or guys that have left Colorado, and what happens to their stats the year a year later. And what you see is like um, a five, like a five percent loss in in a performance. Like for Woba, for example. So if he has a four hundred Woba, then it would probably be like three eighty somewhere else. Um, so it's really good, but this should be somewhat of a hit. But it's not as bad as his away numbers um, either. I don't think.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like when people try to take like the the easy way out and say, "Oh, he's only oh, hitting like what two eighty, two seventy five, whatever on the road." So that's what he's going to do. No, no.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always.
3: I wish I wish things were that easy to figure yeah, out. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. I'm totally with you there. It's um, you can't just throw out his you can't just throw out his best uh, his best performance. Um, and, and yeah, but the five percent that I'm talking about is like. Average of his home and away numbers, so it's it's pretty mo- modest, I think,
1: of a bump or a hit. What if he ends up in Arizona and then still gets to play in Colorado a bunch?
4: Well, it won't be it won't be as much in Colorado, but I guess
1: it won't be. I guess
4: yeah. uh, maybe if Arizona <clears throat> takes their humidor out. That will that will help. <laughs>
1: Then we had a bunch of minor transactions. Steven Souza, Cubs. Mitch Moreland of the Red Sox was likely a platoon at first. So does Chavis play every day, Shelley?
3: Um, I I still think so. Um, because I don't know. I, I Mitch Moreland definitely should definitely be a like platoon guy, but or maybe just like a bench guy. I mean. I mean, I, I I like Mitch Borland. I, I love it when, you know, he's just banging doubles all over, the <laughs> be, all over the place, but he's getting, I don't know. They should play him every day. You know, just make him like a, another kind of Brock Holt-ish kind of player and just play him between second and first every day. That's what I would do, but um, they didn't ask my opinion.
1: Yeah, Shame I mean, the, the Red Sox solution to second base right now is uh, – Has to be Chavis and Peraza. Yeah. So when he's not playing second, then he'll platoon with Moreland at first. And when he's not playing first, he'll platoon with Peraza at second. So he should get a whole buttload of at bats this year. Yeah. Also, Mitchie Two Bags. uh, 70 grade nickname. Mitchie Two.
3: Uh, Yes. Yes, it is. It's (laughs) really good.
1: Jeez. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman to the Nats. Um, Is this the final nail in Kaboom's coffin, at least in terms of chances of starting in the majors and getting significant run this year? Or do you still... um, I think the last time we talked, you thought that he was going to end up traded in a deal for something, Shelly. Are you still believing that?
3: Uh, No, I mean, I I don't think he gets traded uh, now. uh, Kind of what I'm hearing. And uh, when they signed Zimmerman, he... It was a really, really, like, small deal. I think maybe, like, one to two million, something like that. And, like, during his, like, press conference or whatever, he's like, yeah, I could probably only play, like, 80 games. Just because he has, like, really, he has really bad plantar fasciitis. So he can't really stay healthy and stay on the field. And, you know, in his press conference, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to play all the time. So, no. Um, I think he'll kind of contribute here and there. But... uh, uh, Keyboom still, still, I think, going to be getting plenty of reps next year.
4: That's that's very good to hear. Actually, Shelly, I think earlier in the off season you were kind of bummed about Keyboom and uh, I think you were. Um, it was it was really taking a toll on you. So I, I'm glad to hear that um, <laughs> you're even even with with the the additional signings that um, you still you still have
2: No
0: purchase necessary. Void are prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: I Have hope for for the start for the start of the year and the year in general. I think it makes that makes sense.
3: Yeah. Or else i just just you know totally just putting my blinders on and just saying, yep, he's just totally going to get all the playing time. Just keep saying <laughs> that, and it will happen because that's how stuff works.
1: Speak it into existence. <laughs> Uh, Brandon Kinsler to Miami. Uh, is he likely to close over Stanek or Ureña? Or possible third option, who cares? Uh. Um,
3: yeah. Um, I kind of go with who cares. And uh, I don't know. I, I would still go Stanek. Um, but I think it's just going to be... Uh, a cluster F, really, in Miami.
4: Yeah, and if they have any random reliever breakout, Nick Anderson style, they'll probably just move him. So yeah. it's, a, it's a hopeless, hopeless situation. But uh, yeah, Stannix probably better than, better than uh, Kinsler and Urana.
1: Alex Gordon re-signed with Kansas City. Probably an everyday outfielder for another year. Uh, but there's probably not much there. And Mets apparently had a chance to get Starling Marte, but didn't want to move J.D. Davis or Brandon Nimmo to the Pirates, which were their two preferred centerpieces. I don't blame them for that. Do mm-hmm. either of you?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't blame them for that either. Um, I mean, I like Marte, but he has what? two years left on his little deal. Yeah. And I don't know. I've always liked Brandon M.O. and I think he could be really good. And J.D. Davis is pretty good. Kind of weird that the Pirates would want J.D. Davis. Like, where would he play? I have no idea. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I'm glad that the Mets didn't do that.
1: Agreed. Alrighty. That is all of the wonderful news of the week. Hopefully, we'll have some uh, blockbuster things to talk about next week. We'll see. All right, third base. Top 10 from our third base rankings, if you have not already seen them on the website or if you forgot, are as follows: number one, Alex Bregman. Number two, Rafael Devers. Number three, Nolan Arenado. Number four, Vladimir Guerrero. Number five, Jose Ramirez. Number six, Anthony Rendon. Number seven, Chris Bryant. Number eight, Yohan Moncada. Number nine, Matt Chapman. Number 10, Eugenio Suarez. Jordan, initial thoughts on the top 10 and the state of the third base position.
4: Um, well, my biggest problem with this, I think, when we had the um, the passionate third base debates of 2019 or of December 2019, um, I think Vlad, I'm surprised that Vlad is, is, a low, is, is, is that low. I think... Um, just thinking about all the leagues I'm in, I can't imagine anyone, uh, in a, in a keep forever dynasty opting for Arenado over him, for example. I think, um, even with Lads, like, I guess you could call it human, uh, above average performance at 20 years old. Um, I think his value is still, still like, he's treated the same way as he was entering the year, more or less. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my, that was my big... That was my big thing, uh, and I, yeah, I, I guess personally, I might, I might bump Machado and and San, Sano a bit, but um, I know that's not um, that's a somewhat controversial opinion uh, in with in this within this trio. I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Well, I'll be excited to, to talk about that in a little bit. Um, would you like to just kick us off with your overrated underrated?
4: Uh, yes. Yes, sure. So should I, I should do, I should just do both. Um, I could, yeah. Or
1: just pick okay, your favorite. Pick
4: my favorite. Um, yeah, I guess, well, I guess I was looking into this and I think it's not as, it's not as strong of a case as I was hoping to make initially, but, but, uh, I went with Moncada for overrated. I think, uh, I mean, the gains that he showed last year, um, were really good with, with his cutting his, his strikeout rate, um, and the power has always been there, um, but I do think he's kind of like, uh, in a way, shown his, his like best his best side, and he's being valued right now as the thirtieth best hitter in dynasty um, by ADP. And I think that his game I don't think his upside or his game supports quite that high of a of a rank. I think he's more like. If you look at the projections, he's around 50th best, um, and they have similar case and walks as last year, and a little bit of regression in power, but uh, the big the big regression is in bat hip, and I think that's that's uh, one of the that's perhaps the most obvious like regression uh, argument you can make in baseball this year that Munkata's not going to have a 400 plus bat hip again, even though he's good he does have good like Bat Pip skill, it's not that good. And even as a prospect, I think moncada was a bit overrated where uh my peak WOBA projections for him, for example, were around three sixty. Uh three sixty peak WOBA, which is what his ex Woba was last year. So I do think his talent is there. Um so he's he's very um he's a very nice piece to have. But I think perhaps last year was the best we, we would have seen. So I would be tempted to sell high um, if you can get, if you can get someone that values him as a top thirty
1: or top twenty hitter, even best we've seen. He's twenty four. He's he's he's. Go- you think he's peaked at twenty four? I don't see
4: him. I don't see him um, putting up one forty one wrc plus or better uh, ever ever again. Because last year, I mean, I think you'll see a little bit of growth maybe in his uh, raw skills, but they'll be offset by the, him getting. Less lucky in the future. Because last year was pretty lucky, I think.
1: I think it was a little lucky. I mean, you're right about the bat bit, But he hammers the ball at a 12% barrel rate, like twice the league average. I'm buying into that. I,
4: yeah, 100%. I think. 100%. I mean,
1: and it was able to cut his strikeout rate by 6%. Yeah, but I think. I think he's going to
4: be better. That part of that's an it's an issue though because if you look at all his career numbers and then you look at his last year numbers, he had career bests in every category. So I think I'm taking the conservative position here saying he'll regress a little bit and still uh, still be very useful. Um, but I understand I think your argument your position is is reasonable too given his like the excitement around his tools. I just don't think the numbers have ever been quite quite there to justify um, him doing what he did last year again. But, but uh, let, let's see, I
1: suppose. <laughs> I mean, the Babbitt thing is a good point, and that will regress his average some. But I think essentially the entire package of what you got out of Mankata, um, he'll just become more consistent with that as he gets older because, again, he's still only 24. So I think he is perfectly ranked right where he is. I'm all in. On Moncada, the great.
4: All right, so let's. So let me give you his his uh, steamer projection. Has him around 50th best hitter, um, okay. and it's and I want to see I want to see if you think where where you think he'll do better. Um, so it's 10% walks, 27% strikeouts, a 208 ISO. Uh, those are all basically the same as last year, except 2% more walks th- than last year. Um, his ISO was is 233 last year, so it was a bit it was a bit up, uh, and then the bat hip is down. Um, 70 points, 338 BAPIP um, versus 406 last year. And that's a 342 Woba and a 115 WRC. Plus, and last year's 141 WRC. plus. So I, I want to know uh, which of those things, um, which which of those parts do you think will get better? I think that is a pretty
1: generous cut to its BAPIP. 70 points is a lot. I mean, I know it being over 400 is also a lot. <clears throat> But 70 points yeah. as a drop is a huge swing yeah. backwards. Um, so I guess I don't think it's going to be that drastic of a loss in his BABIP, maybe like half of that or so. I still expect him to be like a 130 WRC+. plus.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, his career BABIP is more. It's 360-something, 360 369, I think. But I also think if you look at steamer projections, that's probably one of the top BABIPs, if not the top BABIP. I think there's just a lot of – I know there's some skill. So end, did you care to
0: weigh in on uh, either of those?
3: <laughs> 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 uh, no, I was just sitting back and just kind of enjoying that. Um, no, um, I'm I'm leaning more towards the the Keaton side of this debate. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean that 406 Babbitt definitely is going to regress, but I don't know. It's just that 338, that, like he like he just said, that's a huge, you know, difference than what he did last year and then kinda like what he was doing in the minors. I mean, he was still having three seventies, three ninety babips throughout the minors. So I mean he, he can sustain a higher babip than what is currently being projected. So um I I I am still buying. So
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I agree with you guys, like he is one of the best like babbip skill guys. Um I guess I'm just more skeptical about how sustainable it is um all the way to 370 or whatever but but yeah he's definitely he's got the BAPIP skill the BAPIP gene
1: <laughs> yeah which i mean is is fair in your argument too because there's really like nobody in the majors that you would pin their entire stat line hopes on Babbitt success uh because that's just kind of a fool's errand really but uh, you're right. He just kind of has that <laughs> gene where maybe he's the one guy where it'll work out. <laughs> yeah. Um, put it overrated is what you did. I'll jump on mine. Then. I feel like we have, we're going to have some real good discussion about some of these names because we've, we've got some interesting guys here in different places. Um, so my overrated is uh, Jose Ramirez who had a really, really terrible first half and then a really, really good second half but there are things in his second half that didn't really recover from uh, his first half that make me super skeptical about having his rank at number five this year. Uh, I think I would take the consistency of the guys directly behind him. Mankata actually being one of them, uh, Rendon and Bryant as well, maybe even Matt Chapman um, over Ramirez it's because of how bad the first half was. It just really gives me a lot of pause and concern in investing in him as like the a top five player at the position right now. Uh, even though I know that I think coming into last year, he was our number one, but, uh, it's just, it was the first half was so bad. And then the second half, uh, his line recovered, um, quite a bit, but he stopped walking almost entirely. His walk rate was cut in half in the second half and his strikeout rate went up. Uh, and he had his highest strikeout rate of majors. Um, in his time in the majors last year. So not walking and striking out more is a real concern for me. He also stopped running, which was uh, one of the more interesting things because the only thing that was helping him retain his value last year was the fact that he was actually still stealing paces. Uh, he stole 18 and 21 attempts in the first half and then only stole six in seven attempts in the second half, which was a massive drop. If that ends up being a trend going forward, Then in leagues where his speed was making up for his lack of production in the first half, um, that kind of goes away, which um, we all know that running, getting steals really uh, takes a dip rather sharply as players get older. So if this is going to become a trend for him where he's just not going to run as much, that is also concerning because then um, what he would lose in his line, uh, if he struggles again, you really can't be made up with the Steals if he's not running. So that, there's just enough shrouded mystery around how he's actually going to perform this year after a really weird year last year that I'd feel more comfortable going with guys that we think are more consistent uh, right behind him. So that's that's the guy that I have is overrated. Oh, overrated, but still in the top ten. Ironically, if I I guess I threw that talked him down from five to nine, but whatever. There you go my guy um i I don't
3: I don't hate it I mean you bring a a, a really uh, good argument um I think he got a little bit um, tried to launch the ball a little bit too much because his uh, average lunge angle was kind of just going up and up and up and up throughout uh, throughout this uh, year and then it kind of tailed off like towards the end. Um, and I, and I'm still a little bit scared about, um, his year long struggle that was between two seasons. Um, because this year, uh, basically what he was doing was just hitting fastballs better in the second half. Um, and that, that's good for, for baseball players, but you know, you kind of want to also, you know, kind of hit the breaking stuff and the off-speed stuff, so um, I, I don't poo-poo on your bringing him down just a, just a tad,
1: just a tad bit. All right. Um, Jordan, are you, uh, are we going to fight again?
4: I suppose we should. I suppose we should, since you, uh, you took some <laughs> shots at mine. I'll, I'll take some shots of yours. Uh, I, I wonder if listeners would be surprised that we successfully, um, co-managed an NFBC team last year. I think we finished like second in our in our uh, league of fifteen. Not as high as Shelley anyway, but but not not bad. Um, and we man- we managed to coexist pretty well, I think. We did.
1: The yin to my yang. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's why I and I would I would call it yeah, I would always refer to you as
1: the, the yang to, to
4: my to my yin. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think I think Ramirez has a lot of like really odd um, odd uh, extreme Characteristics given the launch angle and uh, the splits. Um, but if you look at, if you t- take a step back and look at more of a macro point of view, uh, his ex wobas have been very consistent. Um, even last year, it was a 342 xwoba, woba. And he stole more bases last year than uh, the second most bases he has in his major league career, even though he played 25 less games. So I'm, not, I'm inclined to ignore the second half split on the steals unless there was some sort of de- decrease, decrease in the raw skills there. Um, but I think if you look at the projections, uh, they, tend to, they buy him for like 25 again. Um, so I think he's got a pretty high floor and he should return really good value. I definitely would have him over Moncada because he's got a lot more speed. But um, he's not going to be as good as 2018 again or or 2017, where he was putting up 395. Woba, one of the best hitters in baseball. So um,
1: it makes sense we have him lower this year. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, even so, striking out the most of his career, it was still 13.5%, which is like, I don't know, top 5% in the league. So that's uh, yeah. <clears throat> that's not really a, a bad bottom out there. So I mean, he he does still have the skills, and I don't blame you. It's just his, his struggles from last year just gave me enough pause where I would prefer some of the other guys below him just to yeah, just because it scares me. But I don't I don't blame folks for buying in. Mm-hmm. Shelley, you are overrated.
3: Uh, yeah, um I'm gonna pick on Manny Machado again because I just don't uh I I don't know. He we haven't ranked um eleventh, so I guess that's okay for a twenty seven year old uh player. Um, but I still think that he's overrated. I, I, I don't I don't really get it. Um I mean the only thing that he did last year was hit um thirty two home runs for you. I mean his average just absolutely tanked. Um, yeah. And so I was looking into like some splits and stuff um, this morning. And uh, basically he is uh, missing hitting in Canham Yards. Uh, Cause when he was in Baltimore at home, he was a 296, 353, 537 hitter. Um, and uh, that was not the case at Petco Petco. Uh he hit two thirty-three, three oh nine, four twelve. And I, I, I know that uh Camden is known as like Coors East, like you could it's a really good hitter spark, but to go from two ninety six to two thirty-three, that is like that is just crazy. Um and you know, his barrel percentage decreased to a career low eight percent, his hard hit decreased. Um, His strikeout percentage was a career high at 19%. Um, He's not really going to steal bases for you. Um, Last year, he was caught a lot. He uh, was caught three times out of his only eight attempts. So I just, I don't know. I I just don't understand what makes uh, Manny Machado so great other than his name. So.
1: Well, Jordan, I believe uh, you said that you would move Moncada up. So, uh, what's what's your rebuttal? Um,
4: well, it's interesting. I remember. So the last time we podcasted, usually we didn't. We we usually let each other have our pieces, but now now I see that we are we're holding each other accountable. So I, I'll I'll push back, I suppose, a little bit if I have to. Um, but but yeah, Shelly, I wonder. Uh, so I see you have him eleventh in your third base rankings also, but I get, I get um, like a lot of people are higher on him than that. So I get that, uh, I get the overrated pick, but I wonder like, so last year was below average for him in every, every category and he's still in his prime. So I'd expect him to positively regress uh, in all the, in all the categories, even if he's not as good, even if he's, he's never maybe reaches the same heights, but um, I wonder what you expect. Like, do you expect him to hit – or, like, do you expect more of the same? Like, basically, he repeats last year, um, or he only gets a little bit better? Or what are your thoughts on that?
3: Um, Honestly, I just think maybe the average will come up just a little bit because, I mean, he did his, – his BABIP was 274, which is pretty bad. Um, yeah. But he's never really had too great of BABIPs anyway. I mean, it's around – 295-300 290, range so I think that will come up a little bit so that will make his average come up but everything else um, I think is going to stay about the same I mean I don't really see him really tapping into any more power um, uh, and I mean just hitting 32 home runs with this so called bouncy ball I mean I just I, no, I, I I think the average comes back but that's really
0: about it Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Okay, so you don't see Steamer. Steamer's got him at 37 homers. Do so you think that's a bit optimistic? I think they assume the same uh the same 2019 bouncy ball as well.
3: Yeah, Uh yeah. I think that's a it's a little high. I would probably put it at around. Uh, is he hit 32. So maybe around 32 to 34, something like that. Low thirties. Uh I just, yeah, I don't, I don't get it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I think, um, yeah, I think I'm more optimistic on him bouncing back more fully to his career averages, but I still think like his, his stock is rightfully down, um, from last year when he was the, the new big thing in San Diego. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's not as an, I agree that it's not as an exciting as exciting. Of a well, that was great. Anymore. I wonder
1: if we'll have as much discourse in the uh, underrated. Uh, Jordan, you want to kick us off with that again?
4: Um. Oh yes, I do. I, I would. I would. Uh, it's a great. It'll be. It'd be a great privilege um, to kick us off. Uh, so I, I went with a guy who I've ended up with basically in every mock draft for some reason. And by no this is by no um deliberate plan, but I always have Yandy Diaz at, at third. Um it's always late in the draft and I went two prospect heavy as usual in the dynasty. Um and I'm left without a second baseman or a third baseman. So I usually end up with uh Robinson Cano and Yandy Diaz. Um and Diaz Diaz was really good last year. Um he's got uh, good strikeout and walk rates, he's got um Really good exit velocity, 92 exit velocity, like a 360 X-Wolva. Uh Launch angle tends to um, generally tends to increase with age, so I think you'll keep seeing him tap into his power more, and there's some untapped upside there. He does have some platoon splits. Um, it's around he's around a career average, uh, an average hitter uh, versus same handedness, uh, and well above average versus opposite handedness. But he does have good play discipline versus both um, sides and uh, decent power versus both sides. And more importantly, the Rays, um, they don't really have a great backup third baseman uh, unless I'm not too worried about Wander just yet. Um, And I don't know that he would push Yandy anyway uh, rather than at shortstop, for example. Uh, I don't I don't think Joey Wendell is more than a backup, a good backup infielder. So unlike most of the Rays, I actually think Yandy. um, The reason I always take him is because he's he's a young hit. He's in his prime, and he's a good hitter, and he's going to play every day. And those those hitters are a little rarer than usual this year, with the um, extra roster spots, and especially rarer than usual on the Rays.
1: I think the biggest concerns are, I mean. I mean, you kind of dispel the one about just playing for Tampa in general. Uh, and I'm not having many other good options there. Um, but I think I'm just always worried because I really think like Meadows is the only one who's like locked into everyday time. Um, Yanni's yeah, also had some injury issues. He's only played um, 79 games last year, which was the max that he's played. He's basically played the equivalent of one full season for the three years that he spent in the majors. Um, which is a little concerning, but I think you're right. I mean, for the other pieces, as hard as he hits the ball, it would be great if he could put it in the air. Um, I just feel like a lot more good things would happen there, but I, I think I'm on board on your, your overall premise there. We have him at 22, um, which for someone who is projected to have a whole lot of playing time, um, such a pretty low position. Nice.
3: I, I'm not really a fan. I, I don't, I, I, because I, I don't think <laughs> that he's ever going to be, uh, that he's ever going to lift the ball. I mean, he's never have. Like, he, that's his thing, like, throughout his entire career. So, why do we think that, that he's going to? Other than, I, I just, I, I don't get it. Um, I mean, I like how hard he hits the ball. Um, but I don't know. I, I'd rather just kind of just, take my bet on someone else other than him personally
4: yeah yeah i mean i i agree that he's he's flawed and i'm always taking him pretty late like he's always around pretty late but um i guess i'm just putting faith in general aging curves so typically people add power uh through 30 or 31 and the launch angle for him goes up and for yandy it's it's already gone from uh from zero in 2017 to 4.4 4.4 in 2018 to 5.7 in 2019. So it's a, it's a, at least trending uh, uh, positively, uh, if a little bit smaller
1: increases than you'd like to see. Uh, I get it. So players will keep getting better through their age 30 season, except Yomankata. I get it. Oh,
4: he'll get a little
1: better. I,
4: I I think he'll get his
1: raw skills will get a little better.
4: He just was he had a really he had a really lucky
1: year last year, so
4: it might not show in his stats.
1: You don't think his luck will continue to get uh, percentage better through his prime? That's not one of the stats that increases.
4: You're right. Actually, I haven't done aging curves for luck. Um, I probably should. I probably should.
1: I would love to see that. Uh, my. Underrated, uh, it's someone that we have actually talked about a lot this off season, and I wanted to talk about him again. Tommy Edmond, we had at number 20. Um, looking at all of his, I mean, his entire stat line across the board really just mimicked Whit Merrifield's, which is a pretty darn good person to model yourself after. <clears throat> and I think coming into a season now where uh, he should have regular playing time, probably at a whole bunch of positions, but he'll just get a bunch of at bats. Uh, I think he's really going to be able to put on a display of all of his talents and just be someone that shoots up this board. Um, Probably could have been my uh, best chance to jump into the top ten, too. Um, So there's a couple places that I could have talked about him. But I think I mean if he takes what he did uh, in his first cup of coffee here and translates that through an entire season, um, he'll be one of the top players in the position for probably a while um uh, i just am a big fan of tommy edmund and i think 20 was way too low uh
3: yeah i i am totally board the uh tommy edmund uh hike train gotta hype him up uh because I, I i think he's gonna play a lot i mean matt carpenter is is done um, it, it kind of stinks that he's done because I always kind of liked him as a as a player but uh, yeah I think he's done and um, yeah I mean the the speed potential is very very enticing um, does he hit like high up in the lineup or do you think that he's going to hit lower
1: uh, that's a good question um I mean, with his skill set, I would expect the top of the order, but I feel like just due to his uh, experience, he'll probably hit towards the bottom and then work hit. his way up during yeah. the season. And by the end of the season, he'll probably be in like the one or two hole.
3: Yeah. Because I, mean, I think
1: Cole Wong's their leadoff guy now. Yeah. Who's a pretty solid leadoff guy. Gets on base a whole ass ton.
3: Yeah. And Edmund just kind of feels like a number two type hitter to me. I don't know. Maybe two, one, something mm-hmm. like that. So
4: Yeah. It's also uh it's also really cool that the Cardinals well for Edmund at least, the Cardinals have like their outfield is was has been so crowded in the past and and there's like a ton of room there now. It's Tyler O'Neal, uh Harrison Bader, Dexter Fowler with Carlson waiting in the wings, and Edmund, uh Edmund is, is probably a better hitter than like perhaps all of those guys except Carlson.
1: Well, actually, you know what? Maybe he will hit at the top of the order because he actually had the most games as the leadoff hitter last year. Oh, nice. And um, he had 32 as a leadoff hitter and 20 as the number two. uh, And then the next most was 19 at the seventh. So the top of the order was well over half of his games last year. So, yeah, he'll probably be right back there again. That's good news. Yeah. All right, Shelly.
3: All right. Uh, So we're going to talk about a player here that is uh, totally different than uh, Tommy Edmund. Uh, My underrated guy is uh, Miguel Sano. And I might be cheating just a little bit because he's going to lose third base eligibility this season since they signed Donaldson. But I don't care. Uh, He's ranked at a third base. He has third base, so I'm going to talk about him. Uh, This guy, uh, Sano, he absolutely just destroys baseballs. Uh, His hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, and average exit velocity are in the top 1% of the league. The dude is a home run hitting monster. Uh, And even coming back, um, off a foot injury that he had in the off season and 439 play appearances, he demolished 34 home runs. Like he just, he is really, 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 really powerful dude. Um, I, it's just a matter of whether he can stay healthy. Cause it's kind of been difficult for him. Um, he's had, uh, you know, just the random little foot injuries. I think he had uh, some type of elbow injury or something like that. And he doesn't have necessarily the best type of body that could, you know, stay healthy, but he's moving over to first, or DH, so he won't be having to play third and all that stuff. Uh, The strikeout rate will always be uh, an issue for Snow, but um, I'm Willing to take a gamble on a guy who is absolutely this strong. So, Miguel say no. Um, he's a tad bit underrated.
4: Rather than Miguel say say no, more like Miguel say say yes.
3: Yes, Miguel say yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you're back, Jordan.
3: No. <laughs> I don't. <know.
1: laughs>
4: oh geez. That I was, was that one was kinda painful to make, but I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist in the end. <laughs>
1: uh alrighty, so moving on to the the next section here is who has the best chance to jump into the top ten? Uh Jordan, why don't you kick us off of that as well?
4: Um okay. So for the we're doing best chance to for the top 10 and also favorite prospects. So I guess these are kind of interchangeable, but um, I think it's worth highlighting how just how good the top 10 is in third base. So the best chance is, is probably nobody. Um, but that was, that's pretty lame cop-out. So um, I went with Miguel Vargas for the best chance to jump in. I think he's super underrated, um, one of the youngest players in high A uh, in the Dodgers. Um, I have him projected for 360... Uh, 360 peak Woba uh, and his his 2019 stats were a bit better at like 370 equivalent. I've been trying to get him from uh, Shelly in uh, TDGX too, to no avail so far. Um, and He's got solid fly ball distances, um, good raw power grades. I, I think uh, given his stats and his age, he should be getting a lot more love. I mean, he will have to take a, a, a big step forward to, to push the top 10, but given his youth, I had to pick someone,
1: I picked him. I'm sure talking him up uh, as a potential top of the top ten will only make trade negotiations easier for you.
4: (laughs) Oh yeah, I've never been the best negotiator.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, My uh, best chance to jump in the top ten is actually a bit of a cop-out from this position, but... uh, Right now, Bobby Talbeck is playing third base, uh, and when he gets eventually called up to the Red Sox, I don't think he's going to be playing third base because Rafael Devers kind of has that one locked down. Um, but if he continues what he did uh, in his kind of brief-ish stint, that was a decent enough stint, in A last year, then I think that he will easily jump into the top ten of first base being a young power option Um, that really, besides Alonzo, first base is kind of lacking and is not all that deep. So he's going to move positions to most likely first base, and I think he has a great chance of jumping into top 10 uh, on the first base list. Uh, Probably not so much. I mean, as you pointed out, Jordan, the top 10 here is pretty darn solid. It's going to be hard to break into the top 10 here, but he's not going to have to worry about that because he's not going to be playing third. So... Mm -hmm. He'll be able to jump up from uh, wherever we have him on the third base list that I was just looking at. Uh, Thirty-two on the third base list, inside the top ten on the first base list. I think that's a pretty realistic jump for him. Yep,
3: I I, I would agree. Uh, do we do we think that he comes up uh, this year? I mean, I I would think so. The Mitch Moreland signing kind of tampers it just a bit. I think.
1: Yeah, it does. Um, Well, I mean, there's also been talk about trying him out, like, in left and moving him around to some different places. So I guess if Mookie gets traded and they need an outfielder, he might be an option in left. They move Benintendi to right. So I think at some point he'll force his way into the lineup. Um, I think the, the most likely landing spot is first but it could be somewhere else as well
3: cool 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 um my guy here um brian uh anderson uh he's um i i i i cheated again uh because uh with the signing of vr um most likely anderson is gonna be hitting over to right field um but that's okay he has uh third base um eligibility right now Uh, but he we had him ranked uh number 31 which i thought was like way 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 too low um i i don't think that he's gonna dump into the top 10 because the top 10 is stacked i mean this position is really really stacked but i thought it was he was way too low for number 31 um and before having his season um, and early this year because uh, he got hit with a pitch and broke his finger. Um, he was putting together a pretty interesting line um, and 520 plate appearances. Um, he hit 20 home runs and his previous career high was 11. And I don't think it all has to do with the, the super happy fun ball um, because his uh, fly ball percentages was going up. So it was about 18% last year and it went all the way up to 24 Um, percent this year, and they are moving in the fences in Marlins Park. So, if he gets, you know, a full year, he can stay healthy. Watch out for those, those baseballs, like, towards the hand. Might want to just duck or something, I don't know. Uh, there's a chance that, you know, 25 plus home runs, possibly. Um, which is pretty pretty cool because you could probably get him like super late in your draft because he's a wallet in Marlin and no one really likes to take Marlin's players so Brian Anderson
4: and also adding on to that he suffers from the uh, very generic name bias like if you're not paying attention you you might miss him
1: (laughs) 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 that's a real thing yeah it must be all right Uh, favorite prospects Uh, Shelly why don't you Starts off with that one.
3: Yeah. So I'm going to talk about, uh, Cabrian Hayes. Um, he is getting a, a lot of hate and I don't like it. Shame on everyone who is hating on Cabrian Hayes. <laughs>
0: um,
3: I mean, I'm, I, I know that he's not going to be a superstar, um, that maybe he was projected to be at one point, but he's still a really, really, really good player. Um, And he's just like kind of one of those guys that is going to come up and just play every day because he is amazing, amazing um, over there at third. And um, I don't know. I I, I think that there is more power there. Um, If you look at his stat line uh, this year, it's quite poopy. There's a lot of poop emojis in that stat line. Um, but you have to keep in mind that he dislocated his finger about like halfway through the season and was trying to play with it, uh, like a dum-dum. Um, but then (laughs) (laughs) he was like, oh, my finger hurts and it's not getting better. Uh, so then he went on the IL for about three weeks. And then after coming back, uh, the power that he was starting to show in 2018 was returning. Um, and he hit 291 with seven home runs and he swiped four bases, which, which, is, which is pretty good. Um, I mean, he's not going to be a absolute superstar. Um, but he's going to be just one of these like really good, reliable guys. And no one really likes him. So you could probably go and snag him in any of your Dynasty Leagues. Which is what I've been doing. I have a lot of shares of Cabrian Hayes. Because I'm trying to buy low. And I, I think he's, that he's a really good guy. So Cabrian Hayes. He's my favorite.
1: I agree 100% with everything you said. He was also my favorite one, but you beat me to, the, to this list, so I had to go with someone else. <laughs> but uh, I'm on board with everything you said. I also think it's a great time to buy low, and you should go buy low. Uh, my favorite prospect that uh, isn't named Cabrian Hayes, uh, <laughs> I went with Shurt Apostle, who is an OBP machine. So uh, hopefully your league does that. Otherwise, it may not be as exciting. Um, but his ability to draw walk is very impressive. And he's had walk rates around 20% at a few stops here along the minors, which is pretty darn impressive. So, um, he finished at high A last year. So, um, probably a good chance that he'll end up starting in double A. I mean, a decent, decent run at high A there. Uh, strikeouts can get a little away from him and, uh, mostly in the mid twenties, but uh, OBP just – I mean, in 2018, his OBP was almost like 420, which is super-duper high. So, um, <laughs> ha, that was not intended. <laughs> but that was great. Um, and I think – I mean, he's got the power ability to go with it, hitting 19 homers last year. Uh, and it will probably grow into a few more as well. So, I mean, a guy that's just going to get on base a whole shit ton and just hit some bombs is – I like him. It's a nice profile.
3: Yeah, I've been I've been slowly coming around uh, to uh, Mister Apostle here. Um, the the like you said the the, the strikeout rate and the swinging strike rate strikeout rate is uh, a little bit concerning, uh, but someone with this uh, with a pretty good uh, amount of power and who can take a walk, definitely worth taking a flyer for sure.
1: Yeah. Jordan, why don't you round us out? Yeah, and, and
4: uh, yeah, and before I do, I, I mean, Keaton, I know, I know, people in the streets like to stop and point at you and shout how you are a heretic. So um, this would probably uh, <laughs> solve solve that problem, or at least uh, you can point to your certain apostle ownership. Um, my <laughs> my my pick, as as ever, everyone probably knows already, is Isaac Paredes. I am um, a big Paredes fan. Uh, I think he's, he's got um, incredibly impressive plate discipline for his age, uh, 20 and AA last year. He should push for the majors this year.
0: Power Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus, Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: He's usually the last thing to grow, and he's already got solid, solid power. Not a lot of speed, limiting his upside, but I, I do think he has a rare combination of youth, uh, play discipline, and um, power potential, um, even though he doesn't always have a rep for p- power potential. Uh, but his power grades are solid, and he had a, I think he's an 87 exit velocity on average so far. Um, which is hard to make sense of exit velocity um, numbers in the minors without knowing what the league averages are, without knowing how they change, um, which is, I guess is kind of a tangent, but I wanted to make this point that um, a lot of times, me myself included, uh, I like to just shout minor league exit velocities. But, I mean, if you're facing a little league pitcher, your exit velocity is probably going to be um, pretty high. It doesn't necessarily say anything about you. Um, and it's sort of treated like a a raw skill, but it also, it's also important to take the context into account. So like league averages and that information isn't available yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to change that, um, with an article at some point. But anyway, um, I think, I think Paredes has a a lot of future power growth and, uh, I'm excited to see what he does in, in 2020.
1: All right. Um, there was so much discourse there in the the (laughs) overrated that we ran a lot longer. Uh, so Jordan, I will leave it up to you, whether you want to talk about your stats only on this episode or the next episode.
4: Hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'll do it. Like maybe I'll do like one minute and I'll just say it so that I want to, I'm going to do an article on this. I I want our listeners though, to have um, a little bit of an edge, I guess. So I'll just run through it but I won't really talk about it. Um, After like a minute or two, just start playing the music, start playing the music, and then I'll know that my time's up and my speech is over. Um, Does that sound
1: all right? That works for me.
4: Okay. Um, Yeah, so basically, uh, Clay Davenport does translations for my leg statistics. They're peak translations, just like I do for hitters. And he looks at how stats change from one level to the next. For example, pitcher might strike out twenty guys in in Double A, um, and when he moves up, that he might only keep ten of those strikeouts. Um, and same for an age. A twenty three year old might add one strikeout when he's um, when he's twenty when he turns twenty four or over the, in the next year. So um, looking at these statistics, which you can are gathered at Clay Davenport's website. Um, and I was basically too lazy to do them for pitchers myself. And also Davenport is, is a legend. So I was fine just taking his work here. Um, but I cut the data and I, I weighted all of the data so you can rank. The pitchers are ranked um, from one to uh, whatever, infinity. And I regressed them. I regressed the numbers uh, and I, I tested them on major league data going back to 2010 uh, to make sure they're accurate. And they are. Um, so, uh, and I think a lot of this, um, will conform to expectations. I'm just going to read the top 20. Uh, it's Brendan, Mc- Brendan McKay is the first one. AJ Puke. A- <laughs> uh, I just want to thank my mom and my dad and my grandparents, uh, for raising me. Um, okay. AJ Puke is the second one. Joe Ryan's three. Scoobles four. Velazovic is five. Ethan small is six but it's too small sample, so just forget I said that Davy Garcia is seven Jose orkidi is eight Jesus Lazardo is nine Billy Ober's 10 Spencer Howard's 11 and Mackenzie Gore is 12 oh and and Forrest Whitley is 14 um, that's uh, I'll stop that I'll stop that uh, I'll stop that here for now
1: all right so uh, do you know when your your article is coming out is it this week we'll be able to. To do yeah. slightly more than a minute on it next week?
4: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write it today or tomorrow and um, then I'll have to edit it. It should be this week. Yeah, hopefully this
1: week or next week at the latest. But Great. But yeah, soon, soon. All right. Let's finish it off with some listener questions. First up is Sports to Tweets. We haven't heard from him in a while. Welcome back. Uh, I have been seeing Abrams jump wit in a lot of rankings. Which player would you rather have?
3: Um, uh, I, I would still rather have, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Um, what, uh, Abrams did this year, um, was pretty amazing. Um, but I don't know. It was just like, it was like so crazy and so out of nowhere. Like, I think a lot of people were not expecting him to do this and Witt, kind of, he kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, he did play like a lot of baseball. He just kind of, from reports and stuff that I was reading, that he just kind of like looked tired. Um, so, in first year player drafts, um, I would still just kind of bank bank on wit here over Abrams. Um, what say y'all?
4: Um, I'm a big Yeah, no, it's been some... yeah you first.
1: <laughs> no, you started. You're good.
4: Okay, uh, I'm a big Abrams fan, and I guess I lean uh, stats over scouting pretty heavily, so I basically don't have a choice here. Um, Abrams just destroyed wit um, by every statistical measure, and he's a few months younger. So even though the scouting reports were all for wit uh, after the draft, um, I'm, I'm uh, one to put enough weight on those 200 or so plate appearances um, where Abrams distanced himself. That I'll go, I'll go Abrams, but, but um, I mean, it's only 200 plate appearances, so I get, I get Shelley's position as well.
1: Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of folks that are down on Wit. Um, I mean, he was talked about as being up there with Vaughn and Rushman there at the beginning of all of this draft nonsense, um, but it seems like his. Valley's kind of taking a hit while Abrams is starting to get shoot up but I think I'd, I'd still rather go with wit given the slight edge
3: yeah it, it's definitely um much uh closer than I thought it would be coming out of the draft um but if Abrams keeps doing what he's doing um I might have to uh rethink this
1: yeah I mean. Yeah, I mean if the if the both trends continue it won't be long before I'm feeling the other way as well. Yeah. Uh our next question is from E. Vogland. He says in the intro, who is the Bobby that Shelley speaks of that likes bouncy balls? <laughs>
3: ah, we talked about him earlier as Bobby Dalbeck. And yeah.
0: We
1: did. Yeah. And his great great triple A numbers. Yes. Uh, Kyle Brown, which prospect, if any, could supplant Wander Franco as the number one overall prospect after next season, even if Franco has another stellar year? Interesting.
3: Yeah. This is
1: a fun one.
3: Yeah. I think I think it's kind of an, an easy one. Um, I don't think that anyone is going to, um, but I would put my, my, uh, all my chips, um, I would give all of my chips to Julio Franco. I mean, Julio Franco. Wow. He's
1: I mean, is, is he's he still play? It would not shock me if he was still playing.
3: <laughs> wow, Julio Rodriguez. Goodness gracious, that was a fail. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. I mean, I think all the guys. I mean, Adele probably won't be a prospect at this point next year. Same with Lou Bob, Gavin Lux. Um. So I think you actually got to kind of go like further down the list. And I think you're right. It might be Rodriguez might have the best chance, but, um, no, at least to be a pitcher. I don't think I can go that far out on a limb. Yeah. I think Rodriguez probably has the best chance. Yeah. I'm,
4: I'm with you guys. Um, I think Julio's, well, well, who is the only one that really has any, any more than like a, I would say not decent, but like he's got a chance, but I mean, if Wander has a stellar year, he's going to graduate. He's going to make the majors. So, um, and, and if you, if you were forced to pick someone besides Julio, uh, you have to go with someone who basically has high variance. So it doesn't have much of a track record yet. And, uh, like Jason Dominguez or, or Marco Luciano, I suppose could just totally blow up. Luciano will be in his first full season, uh, Yassin would have to be really incredible um, in his like age seventeen season, but I mean, um, it's it's a we or it's a long shot question, I guess.
1: Yeah. Fun one to think about, though. Yeah,
3: yeah. it's a good one.
1: Yeah. Uh, next, Dustin Cole, do you think first base being a weak position in terms of number of quality options relative to the the other positions? Uh, is here to stay or a low point in the cycle.
3: Um, Hmm. I guess maybe a, a low point in the cycle. Cause there was a couple years ago where there was like a lot of first baseman. Um, but first baseman is, uh, uh it's yeah, I, I'll just go with low point and just kind of shut up. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I looked at um I looked at league averages for first baseman since 2000, and there are a couple um, low points that are kind of so it's it's not really unprecedented. It's a little bit lower than normal. I think the the next lowest year uh, was 107 WRC plus seven percent above average um, in 2009 or something. Um, so it's not unprecedented, and and this year was 105.
1: I agree I was uh saying that on mute ah okay, uh and then we got a three a three pack of questions from chris uh which oriole's arm has the highest ceiling uh akin or Bauman? uh
3: i i if I had to pick one of these guys um I definitely would go with Bauman over um uh keegan 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 akin um uh yeah, uh I don't really like uh Akin. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, those triple A numbers was way too scary. Uh 1.5 whip. That's just that's that's really bad. It's really really bad. And he doesn't really strike out too many people, so give me a flyer on uh uh Valman.
1: I would Any say disagreement
4: there, Jordan. Not really. I would say uh um, what's akin what's his first name um, Ke- Keegan is it Keegan Yeah okay yeah I would say Keegan is akin to Bauman more or less so um, <laughs> no, no, no uh, it, it's I think you, you can go either way but uh, I would I'm gonna defer to Shelly on this one
1: I agree. Um, and then, so question number two is what does Will Crow look like in the future? And, uh, we'll start with Shelley to give Jordan enough time to come up with a crow pun. <laughs> uh,
3: well, I, 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 uh, I, I like Will Crow, um, for what he is and what he is, is probably like a four or a five starter. Maybe. Possibly. Um, he doesn't really strike too many people out. Um, he was uh, starting to get a few more swinging strikes in Double uh, A uh, last year before he was uh, promoted to Triple A, where it 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 went quite poorly. In fifty four innings, he had a six ERA, which is uh, that's not good. Um, he he might get some run with the Nationals. Like if any one in that uh, rotation gets hurt, he might get a spot start, but, uh, best case scenario is a number five starter for World So.
4: Yeah. And, uh, I, I looked at, I generated some pitch, pitching projections for these guys and they're all around. They're not, it's not that interesting. They're all around a little bit below average, like four or seven, um, era, peak ERA. Um, but I guess like Shelley was saying, if, if the rotation has a lot of injuries, then Will could be the Velcro to the um, – as the fifth starter, he could be like the, the, the Velcro that holds them together. Is that – Keaton, is that, is that a stretch? Is it is it a bit of a stretch? <laughs> it, was, it
1: was a stretch, but I loved it. Okay. It was great. Thanks. <laughs> and the third question from Chris was, if you had to pick uh, one for your team, Zach Brown or Will Crow, go. And why
3: uh, I go with uh Will Crow um because I think uh, Zach Brown um was eligible for like a rule five pick and he, he he uh was not picked, so I think that is telling a lot. So give me Will Crow.
4: I'm going Wilcrow as well because Shelly picked Wilcrow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, Brown had a really bad year. I mean, last year and um I mean, Crowes wasn't like outstanding, but I think I give the edge to Crow there if I had to if I had to pick one of the two and option 3 wasn't neither, I would go with Crow. So I guess uh no, never mind. I'm not going to do it. I was going to make a murder of Crow's joke cuz we all picked him, but that Well, I guess I just did. <laughs> alright well that's a great way to end <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, yeah, let's wrap this up uh, this has been Dynasty Child part of the Dynasty Guru website I've been your host Keaton DeRocher you can find us all at the Dynasty Guru where we're still ranking and Jordan will have his uh, starting pitcher stats only list out either next week or the week after coming soon keep an eye out for that um, Shelly you wrote something-ish recently right
3: uh yeah um for pitcher list um I did the top fifty Red Sox prospects so that that was that was pretty cool um, nice yeah yeah Ooh, wow. oh wow and um yep just doing starting pitcher ranks over at the TDG so fun times
1: sweet all right uh you can find us all on Twitter you can find me at the spoken Keats you can find Shelly at Shelly V underscore six four three And you can find Jordan at Rose and Jordan Bloom. That's going to do it. Thanks. Have an awesome day. And as always, be the best bird dog you can be.
2: Underneath the ceiling, got the cards in my hand. I hate dealing. Yeah, get everything I need and I'm gone. But it ain't stealing. Can I get a break? I wish that I could just get out my goddamn way. What is it to say? There ain't a better time than today.
0: card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the Durban marshall credit card bill lucky
4: land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do
2: i
4: have to say yes you do